You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. On today's episode, I found a diamond in the rough. What I mean is that there's a lot of sex coaches, dating coaches, intimacy coaches, sensuality coaches, endless. There's really so many out there. And every day there's a new one who comes out and says, uh, I'm ready to help you. And I found a lovely, lovely woman named Sarah Grace. And Sarah has graced us, like I did that there, has graced us with her, her presence on the podcast. And we're talking about all things of creating the best sexual experience when you're in the bedroom, when you're with the girl that you're with for her and for you. And boy, do we go deep. We, no pun intended. We go deep and we, we talk about how to create this experience. And Sarah gives a very practical explanation of exactly how to do it. And so I'm so excited to be putting this podcast episode up for you to hear because I think she's a little bit new on the scene. She's only been doing this for a couple of years. So maybe you've heard of her, maybe you haven't, but I feel like I've really uh, hit the jackpot here and, and found someone who's just very smart and very interesting in terms of her ability to speak on such a topic. And like I said, diamond in the rough, not a lot of people out there who can do it well. Or I guess I said that there are a lot of people out there, but again, not a lot of people who know how to speak to it in a way that really makes sense. So that's what we're talking about on today's podcast. Now, I know that there's a lot of guys out there who are you know, thinking, trip, great podcast. For the future, I'd love to have these sexual experiences with these women. It's just not happening right now. So what do I do? Well, of course, you know, there's a lot of episodes on this podcast that teaches you how to do that. A lot of guys like to fast forward that. And instead of going through all the podcasts, just get a full course that teaches you everything in terms of what to do. And I've created that, which maybe you've heard about because I've talked about on the podcast before in my five to 10 minute promotional period, <laughs> which is right now. Uh, but yes, Hooked, my program at getherhooked.com is a program that has now been in the hands of, I think, at least 2,000 men over the course of the past three years that it's been around. And it's all the exact tools and techniques that you need to be able to meet women, attract women, and then get to a point where you can use Sarah's advice to have the best sexual experience for you and her. And so if you want to learn how to meet more women, whether it's online or in person, of course, the course covers both of them, then check it out because Hooked will teach you how to do that and hold your hand through the whole process to be able to learn what to do when you're out there and you see a woman and you want to talk to her and get her attracted to you and get over the shyness. That's what I've created here. All my best work in this one course called Hooked, getherhooked.com. So check that out today. If you need more help, it's uh, it's only $67. It's not going to kill you. And that's probably as much as you spend on and coffee or or any other you know bad dates that go wrong. Of course, a date is like a hundred bucks. And if you're like, man, another wasted date. You know what did I do here? Let's not have those anymore. Let's teach you how to build attraction on these dates so they actually go somewhere. So again, check out the program getterhook.com. And uh, right now, I'm gonna get to the interview. Here's Sarah Grace and I talking about the best sexual experience for you and her.
Hey, Sarah, it's good to have you on the podcast. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So I don't know if any of the guys listening have heard of you or know what you're all about. And I know you and I just did a little brief introduction before this, this call. And I know, of course, what, what's going on with you and, and, and how you help people. But maybe you can tell the guys what you do to help men, even help women and couples. And then also just tell us a little background of how you got into it. Yeah, totally. So I was telling you earlier that people usually come to me to talk about anything maybe they feel they can't talk to their therapists about. So anything in regards to sexuality, intimacy, self-intimacy, intimacy with others, and really connecting to that more piece, that mystery in life that so many of us feel we know there's more, but we don't know how to get there. And I'm kind of the guide to help you get there through intimacy, through relationships, through eroticism. How did I get there? So I've always kind of had this <laughs> image of creating a safe womb space for people to really just fully share and be who they are. And I grew up with a single lesbian mom in New York City. And I just always thought of sexuality and relationships very differently, I think, because of this, because I grew up with um, not thinking I had to be in a heterosexual relationship um, or even have a baby with another person. I really grew up with an open mind towards relating. And combined with that desire to create a safe space for people, that just led me to be fascinated with helping people really come into their aliveness and fullness through relationships. And when I got to college, I studied human sexuality. So I really went in with the traditional educational route. And then I ended up interning with a sexual empowerment coach. And I would go to her retreats and help her. And the way she talked about sexuality was so differently than how I was hearing about it in school. And through that, I really dove into neo-tantra, um, yoga, meditation, erotic mysteries. And I've studied in Thailand, Australia, really gone to the opposite side of the world to find teachers and all different ways of connecting with the erotic mysteries and deepening the human experience through relationships, through intimacy. I'm curious, what in the past few years have you learned? I mean, I know you've learned so much, but is there any one thing that sticks out to you where you're like, wow, that really changed your view on sexuality or on relationships or whatever it may be? I'm sure there's probably one thing or more that just sticks out to you that really blew your mind. Is there anything like that that you can share with us? Yeah, definitely. I think what there are a few things that come to mind. I think immediately what changed my whole perspective on how I approach intimacy is through viewing sex as a dance instead of a race. Taking the goal out of sex completely. And in that, there's an unfolding of yeah, sensual and sexual authenticity 
And this is where we can really start to actually see our partner. And instead of seeing whatever the goal is we're trying to get to or anything we're putting on them or we want from them, but we can really see this this being in front of us when we let go of any expectations, let go of any intentions and just are with them breathing, feeling, yeah? So that's the first thing that comes to mind. I think the second thing that would come to mind, and this applies in all aspects of relating in life, is that the only thing that we are here to do is be present. That's it. Everything else is worked out. You don't need to worry. We don't need to, like, every, the only thing we need to do is be present. And that applies to relationships completely. Seeing this person in front of you, whether you're on a date, you hardly know them, whether they're your partner of 30 years, is seeing whoever is in front of you as the most important thing, important person in the entire world because they are right in front of you, because all you have to do is be present. So those are the two things that really come to mind. I really enjoy what you're saying here about presence. Let's let's dive into that just for a second because I'm really interested in in that and I always try to try to have it in my own life. I try to preach it on the podcast or in any kind of coaching session this idea of presence. It was really it was funny. It was very calming the way you just said that. Almost like oh, reassuring mm-hmm. like oh yeah, that's right. All you need to worry about is what's happening now and everything else kind of works out. Maybe you can speak to that a little bit. Maybe first we can speak to that beyond sex, just in life in general. And then we can also then dive in and see how that relates to sex. But I'm curious like what you think of, of that concept a little bit more. Sure. Well, I always put hand-to-hand presence and curiosity. And when we approach life with a sense of openness, sense of curiosity, we immediately become present, yeah? So when we really hmm, look at our surroundings, look at maybe, I'm looking at a door in front of me, really look at this door and just look at it and maybe just look at it with curiosity, seeing something new about it that maybe we haven't noticed before. Where does it lead to, you know? Like who who painted it where did the where did the person who painted it come from there's just like mm, yeah really having total openness and curiosity and immediately in looking at this door and asking these questions and being curious about this door i'm immediately present yeah so you're just recognizing what's in front of you in that moment yeah so let's say you're with a partner you're on a date looking at them and really just taking a moment and asking yourself, what do I want to know about this person? Like, what am I genuinely curious about them? Or if they say something like, oh yeah, this made me anxious or this made me really excited. Like actually allowing that to spark something in you by realizing that their experience of anxiety or joy, whatever they're describing, is completely different to your experience of anxiety or joy. So asking them, what's that like for you? What's anxiety like for you? How do you experience that in your body? Like what causes anxiety for you? What does it feel like to feel joy to you? When was the first time you felt joy? And immediately in feeling the sense of curiosity, you are present with this person. Nothing else exists because you're overwhelmed by this 
sense of openness, sense of curiosity, and that grounds you in the moment. Cool. Cool. That's awesome. So now let's bring that to sex Mm. and being intimate with the girl that you're with. How do we use that concept or this mindset, so to speak, to bring this to sex? And also, I have some kind of sub-questions with that. It's like, how does it benefit the person that's listening to this advice? But also, how does it benefit the partner? Mm. Being present during sex? Yeah, during sex or being intimate or anything with sex and surrounding sex. Yeah. Well, I... mm, It's like approaching sex as a meditation. So this is why with clients, I always give them a meditation practice as well. Because how can you be present during sex or with your partner if you're not present in any other times or aspects in your life? It doesn't work like that. Yeah. Like if you have a fried nervous system, you're always going, going, going. And then you expect yourself to be calm and present in a sexual situation. It doesn't work that way. Our bodies already need to be in that state a lot of the time in order for it to come naturally during sex. Or we will approach sex the way we approach all of life. Goal, like goal-oriented, fast, numb. Yeah, like really, we approach life, we approach sex the way we approach life. So, really, just practicing being present and calming the nervous system through breath, deep breath in the lower belly, uh, through sounding, through moving, through touching, doing this throughout the day, incorporating more pleasurable things into our life. And then this just naturally happens during sex. So a good place I start with clients, besides having like a daily meditation practice, is practice being really present when you eat, yeah? Because eating is such a big part of our lives. We eat a couple times a day, hopefully. So really taking that time every time you eat to practice being an incredible lover. Practice looking, treating your food as you would your dream lover. How would you look? How would you smell? How would you taste? How would you swallow, consume your dream lover if this was your food? Yeah. Would you breathe deeply? Are you watching TV when you eat? Are you listening to a podcast? Are you doing things that numb the senses so you can't be fully present with your food? It's interesting because when I first started practicing this, I actually felt really sad because I was like, I love eating so much. And I had realized, I'm like, one of my favorite things to do in this world, to eat the greatest pleasures of life, I've been numbing myself out watching TV and listening to listening to podcasts or movies. And I haven't been present with my food for so long, even though it's one of the deepest pleasures. It's the same thing with eroticism. We watch porn or we speed up sex, even though it's one of our favorite things usually. We, we still numb it out, you know? And it, there's, that's actually quite sad. So starting to really resensitize the body, resensitize the nervous system. And yeah, during your entire life, so you just become more present, feel more pleasure, have a allow more pleasure into your life in general, you know, and it affects every aspect of your life when you do this. It almost as I'm as I'm hearing what you're saying, it almost brings up this idea of like, what's the rush? You know, it's like 
in America, I know there's a lot of people listening to this podcast from all over the world, but in America, I can speak to this idea, and I'm sure you can too, of the fact that we're always wanting more, trying to do a lot at once. Multitasking is, is interestingly enough, encouraged. You know, it's like it's good, it's cool, it's positive to be a multitasker. Mm-hmm. And it's like always to the next thing. And especially with social media, that just makes that whole concept even worse. It's always like pushing, pushing, pushing for more and always to the next thing. And, and now I'm thinking, what's the rush? And there doesn't have to be a rush. You know, once in a while there, there is a rush. Okay, sometimes you need to grab a quick bite of food to eat before you hop out the door because you slept late. Okay, those moments happen. But if you really look at it, I bet you there's way less moments in life where you actually need to mm-hmm. rush. And we can have a moment to sit down, enjoy our food, enjoy sex, enjoy a book, I don't know, whatever, hanging out with a friend, whatever it is that you're doing. And I feel society, especially in America, has kind of trained us against that. And we have to kind of get that power back to be able to come into presence and and say, hey, you know, there's no rush. Like it's okay to sit down and I don't know, stare at a wall for a little bit and just like relax. Like it's a it's a type of meditation in a sense, just to be present. And also, so well, I have something else to say, but I'm curious what your thoughts on, on that are, what I just said there. Yeah, it reminds me of this what I often remind myself is of my own autonomy. Like whenever I'm rushing, I remind myself I don't actually have to rush, right? Like there's a story in my mind telling me I need to rush. If I don't rush, then maybe when I used to have a nine to five job, I'd be like, yeah, my my boss would get mad at me or I'd lose my job or all these the story my mind would create of why I need to rush or why I need to go to work or why I need to keep this job. And the truth is, I don't. You, we don't need to do anything. It's a choice. So it's okay to rush, but just reminding ourselves that we're choosing to rush. It's a choice, you know? It's like we never need to do it. And also in those moments of fast-paced movement, because it's okay to move fastly. But can we also be present in the fast pace moments? You know, can we fine tune our sensitivity in that even when we are moving fast, we still feel the breath, we still can taste that food, we still can close our eyes and go, "Mm," when we taste (laughs) that um, quick bite to eat. Can we apply our practice into every moment? You know? Right. I'm curious right. what else you have to say. Yeah, I, I'm. I was just going to add into this because a lot of guys struggle, and I'm curious if you if you get this from guys that you work with. They struggle with erectile dysfunction as well as premature ejaculation. So, first off, do you ever talk to guys about that? Um, yes, I do. Okay, I was as we're talking about this and being present. This whole idea of being more aware of the senses, because that's what presence is, right? Just whatever you're doing in that moment and paying attention to all the senses, the smell, the touch, the taste, everything, what you what you hear. And if we were to tap into that, that's actually one of the techniques that helps with premature ejaculation. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons why men premature, prematurely ejaculate is because they're actually not as present 
even though it seems like you would be, it's like, well, you're not like thinking about other things. But what's happening is you're actually so focused on the way that you're feeling and the way that it feels on your penis mm-hmm. that you don't have the opportunity to relax all that and then be more in the moment, which actually then allows the sensitivity to die down a little bit. So doing this helps with that. I don't know. If, I'm curious. The guys, you said you do talk to guys about that. What is it that they ask you? What do you talk about with some of those things? Yeah. I mean, I just want to acknowledge I love what you said. And it's so beautiful that you know that and that you help men with this. Yeah. Like really helping. Yeah. Finding ways to really spread pleasure throughout the entire body instead of just one part of the body. Sounds like that's what you're talking about, right? Yes. Yeah, exactly. And and just breathing and mm-hmm. relaxing. And and yes, and feeling the other parts of your body and paying attention to the other things that you're feeling. Again, hitting all the senses mm-hmm. instead of just focusing on that one feeling that's happening down there. Or just thinking about, okay, like do everything you can to not try to ejaculate. And then you're like really tense. And that actually works against you, but just really relaxing, breathing, being present. And that is super helpful for guys in terms of premature ejaculation. Yeah, totally. And I think that's also why like a self-pleasure practice is so important. By knowing that this stuff, it takes practice. You're really, you're retraining your nervous system. You're retraining your whole body and your sexual response. So yeah, just not to expect this to work right away. And really being patient with yourself and creating deep intimacy with yourself when you're self-pleasuring, putting the porn away maybe. I'm not against porn, by the way. I just mean when we are retraining our bodies, it's important to have periods without porn where you're self-pleasuring and feeling your whole body and breathing deeply. And a lot of men don't, they'll try this and then they'll stop because then they'll lose their erection because they're not getting as much stimulation. Yeah, if you're not watching porn or you're breathing deeply, moving slowly, then you're not going to feel as much arousal right away, yeah? And just reminding you all, this is a process. Like you're retraining your body. So if you're losing your erection, if you're not feeling as much, if you're feeling boredom, that's so normal and so expected. And just keep going. Like every day, just keep going. Don't have a goal to ejaculate or even to get an erection. Just take a time in the day where you're breathing deeply and just massaging your penis or moving your body erotically through dance or where you're really learning to um, invite pleasure into the body in a different way, in a slower way, in a in a way that you can actually embody in your everyday life. So I actually consider my pleasure practice now to be <laughs> like most of my day, even if it has nothing to do with my genitals at all or even sex at all. But just I challenge myself to continue to breathe deeply, to feel pleasure, even if it's drinking tea or sitting on a comfy chair or even in an uncomfortable situation. Where can I find the pleasure in that? And expanding upon that with our attention, with our breath, with our touch, movement, sound. So yeah. But I also want to speak on, I actually don't, 
I don't really believe in erectile dysfunction or premature ejaculation. I never use those terms. I think there's a brilliance to the body and our bodies are trying to communicate with us. And mm, if someone considers themselves to have premature ejaculation, I just usually use terms like ejaculating before you intend or before you'd like. Or yeah, with erectile dysfunction, I find a lot of times like when men aren't getting an erection, that has nothing to do with their amount of arousal usually. Sometimes it does, of course, but it's actually important for their partners to educate themselves on this. It can't be all on the person with the penis doing all the, yeah, like educating themselves on this. Their partner actually should be an educated partner and know, okay, if my partner isn't getting an erection, let's communicate. This doesn't mean that he's not necessarily aroused or it's about me, but yeah, maybe he needs to slow down a bit. Maybe he wants me to pleasure him in a different way. And also like soft cocks are beautiful too. You know, there's so much that can be done to them, um, even if it's just touching in like a loving way. But I find, yeah, like sometimes men, when they have a soft cock, maybe something else is going on in their life or that's just not how their body happens to be responding in that moment. Maybe they feel pressure because, yeah, this has happened before and they don't want it to happen again. Or maybe they just need like a moment to feel into their own sensitivity, their own body. Maybe they don't feel safe. There's a lack of safety in their body because of trauma or because of the person they're with. Yeah. Or again, maybe it's just normal. It just happens to be how their body's responding in that moment. And knowing that like, that doesn't mean it's a dysfunction, you know? Totally. Totally. What I'm hearing you say then is like to not associate yourself with these as something that you are. Yeah. Am I getting that correct? It's like, if you say, I have premature ejaculation or I have erectile dysfunction, then you're associating yourself with that, which really is something that's not always going to be. Like it can be a temporary thing. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, personally, I don't use those terms at all. Like they don't even exist in my mind. (laughs) I don't think they're helpful. I really don't. I don't see how they could be helpful. Yeah. I think I'm more interested in just unpacking each moment listening to, learning to listen to our body's brilliance. Like if we want our body to respond in a certain way, learning to check in, hey, like, why is this happening? Is it okay? Like, do I feel safe right now? Really trusting the wisdom of our body. Men are, that's the idea of men doing that. It's like, so not even an option to most men, right? What do you mean? Like to check in with themselves during sex or with before being with a partner or with their bodies. Like let's say you're in a sexual situation and you want to have an erection, but you're not getting an erection. There's very, very few men in this world where their next instinct would be to close their eyes, put their hand on their heart or their cock or their body, breathe and just feel what's happening. Yeah. Like, go into their internal wisdom, connect with their internal world and body and just breathe and feel and allow whatever is unfolding. 
you know, and then know what the next steps would be. But instead we're like, oh, right. something's bad and continuing to look outward. Like maybe I need to find a doctor to diagnose this or like get a pill. But instead, really the first thing you should do when this happens is breathe deep and really look towards your internal wisdom of your body. I like that. Why don't you think guys do that as much? Um, why do you think they don't? It's a good question. I don't know. I, I think I think that men in general aren't in touch with that part. We're not taught to be in touch with that part. We might be told that something like that isn't manly and we're focused more on outside than inside, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. What do you, what do you think? <sighs> hmm. You know, I think it's a big journey for men and women, people of all genders, but especially men. I think hmm, it's a huge journey and mission in in our lifetime and in their lifetime to really connect and learn to see inward, see their inner wisdom and not look for it outward. And that's what I help men do, you know. I think that's also the brilliance of working with a woman who is embodied in feeling the body of her own wisdom and her own inner world because then that woman or that person gives you a, a direct transmission of what that would look like. Even hearing my voice right now, the people hearing that, they're getting a transmission, yeah? From my experience, the seed is being planted in their mind of what that could look like in their own bodies, yeah? So that's why it's so important to, that's why I think I think people are attracted to work with me when they want to really learn to close their eyes and see within and learn to be guided feel their own internal compass and their own internal darkness and world and and yeah their own inner seduction so i think it's really it's hard because we're meant to find it (laughs) how do you mean i think what is hard what we don't understand or what we struggle with in this world that's where we find our greatest lessons oh Yeah. yeah Always, right? Yeah. So if like you automatically came into this world and you were like very in touch with your own inner world, you knew you saw very clearly your own wisdom and you didn't need to constantly look for outside ways to fulfill ourselves, then the lesson is already had. It's already made, right? So we're disconnected from this part of ourselves because that's where the lesson is found. It's interesting too that in in some of the worst moments of our life is when some of the best things happen. And when I mean when I say that is when things happen or we struggle or, or there's bad moments or we feel like we're at rock bottom, you get this lesson and then it makes you grow so much. Mm-hmm. Right? And that could be with uh with literally anything. So I just think that that's it's a different way to to look at things. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Hundred percent. So you work with couples, and that's interesting. What what do couples come to you for? Yeah, I usually work with couples when I'm already working with an individual, and they have a partner, and then we do some sessions with their partner. Because you know it's difficult to, if you're doing a lot of internal work 
to then have to explain all of that to your partner. It's kind of, it can be helpful to have me explain it instead um, to really integrate the practice or the changes being made in that person and help mm, the other person become involved in that process as well. But yeah, occasionally couples will come to me as well when they're just curious on how to deepen their intimacy, their erotic lives. They want to, um, yeah, usually it's not people coming to me being like, oh, how can I get my partner to squirt or things like this? It's usually like, I want to learn how to like have cosmic, epic, deep experiences with my partner, but we don't know how to get there. That's usually why couples specifically come to me. Got mm-hmm. it. So I know you can probably speak for hours on this, but what are some things to know about how to get to that point? Mm-hmm. How do you have a crazy, cosmic, amazing, intimate experience with somebody? Yeah. I mean, the first step, like I've said before, is get rid of goals. Yeah. Because you're not going to... If you're having sex and the whole time you're trying to get to orgasm, it's just not going to... You're not going to get to that place. It could be amazing sex. It could be great. I love orgasms. But um, if you're really trying to like have this be a transcendent experience, you're, like orgasms aren't even going to be on your mind. <laughs> they may happen. Great. But they're not going to be what's on your mind if you're going into a transcendent space. Yeah. So going in with without the intention. And you can really also set a container actually for a beautiful ritual with your partner. Or um, yeah, like mm, to see each other in a way of true openness. You can set that container by creating a beautiful environment, mm, treating it like you would any other ritual. So you can even at the beginning set a devotion, maybe may this be for the highest good of all beings, anything that you would do in a normal ritual setting. And then at first, it's always great to eye gaze. So you can start eye gazing. So what that looks like is just really looking into one of your partner's eyes. You've probably heard other people talk about this, but it's just the most simple practice to do with a partner that can be totally life-changing. So I recommend that. And then from there, just simply like, there's so many different exercises to do, but maybe one person maybe you can, share a can couple. start to... Yeah, I want to share now. So setting the intention for one person to just give and the other person to receive. And in giving, really allowing yourself to get lost in the giving of that partner. How would you like to touch that partner? And just exploring their bodies. And whenever your mind wanders, just coming back to where skin touches skin. Yeah. So again, the key to really having a transcendent sexual experience is treating it like a meditation and getting rid of thought. Yeah. Getting rid of thought and just being in the body in the moment. And again, this is something you want to practice all day long in your normal life. So when you're in these situations, it just comes more naturally with more ease. And then the other person could be receiving and really allowing themselves to fully just receive. How would that feel like? 
becoming aware of any emotions or anything that's coming up while giving or while receiving and breathing into that, sounding with that, being fully authentic. So are you performing during sex? Are you performing during intimacy? Are you doing just what your partner thinks you should do? Or are you really showing up from like a deep inner place of feeling and depth and expressing that through your sound, through your movement, through whatever you're doing, you know? So yeah, again, treating it like, and you would any other spiritual practice or ritual. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. being and, and, And I like how that it's something you can practice, not necessarily when you're having sex, but in in all areas of your life, you can always be practicing presence. You know, yeah. Whether it be when you're eating lunch or taking a walk or doing work or whatever it may be. And all that can connect and still help with when you're being intimate with a woman. Mm. How do Very you cool. help people become more present? Or how do you become more present in sex or in your daily life? I mean, it's basically what we were talking about. I, I I still need work on it, right? Like, it's not something that comes easy to me, and it's something I always try to practice as well. I'll be honest; I don't meditate as much as I would like to, because I know that meditation is a way to really get to that point. Because it's not just being present while you're doing something, but being present while doing nothing, and that I believe is one of the more harder tasks. So. You know, I think that, I mean, this is going to sound kind of funny, but I really enjoy what I do. I really enjoy the moments that I have during the, of course, no, no day is perfect and things happen, but I just enjoy things that I'm doing so much that I'm almost present for most of it because of that. And I just, mm-hmm. you know, I'm never, I'm never looking to the next thing. I mean, never is a strong word. I usually am not searching for the next thing because I'm enjoy- like right now like you and I are talking I'm enjoying this I'm here with you like that's what we're doing together and that's really what I try to do for all different things I'm doing in my life and make sure that I'm doing things that I really enjoy so I can almost inevitably be present does that make sense yeah do you find you almost like lose your sense of identity or sense of self when you're really enjoying whatever you're doing. You're kind of... You become an experience instead of your identity. Explain that a little bit more. Like, you know... When I mean, I'm basically in a, in a flow state. Yeah. I think that's what I'm talking about. You know, you know like when, you, okay. when you're in something, you're not there anymore. Like your sense of like separateness doesn't exist anymore because you're just in it. Yes. <laughs> right. And you don't even know you're in it. This is... I think this is one of the hardest things about presence is because you're, it's like, I'm laughing because it's like, it's funny. It's, it's about getting into the flow, which means that you're not supposed to think about being in the flow. <laughs> so it's like, wait, what? How do you get to the place where you're not? It's like, you know, right? You're laughing too because you get it. It's like, how do you get to that place? You're like, I'm going to meditate and think about nothing right now. And that's a really confusing concept. And that's why it takes practice. But that's what inherently the flow state is, is you're not thinking about what you're doing. You're just in it and doing it. And time doesn't even exist. 
almost like right now. Like I believe that yeah, this is that's what, a flow state. That's what I'm talking about with like, if you're having a transcendent experience during sex, there will be no thought of orgasm because you're just in it. Like you're not thinking about the orgasm because like you're not you're trying so to get it. there. Yeah, you're just in it. You're just feeling your this person in front of you. You're feeling their body. You're smelling them. You're looking at them. Like you almost become them, you know? So if you're really doing that, you're not going to be in your mind. Like, how can I make this person come? How can I... Am I going to keep my erection? That will all be gone because you're just there. And that requires a trust in your own body a trust in the person in front of you. And that requires a feeling of safety. And a lot of us don't feel safe in our bodies. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? You know, and this is... So safety is one of the things I talk about that helps a woman become attracted to you is making her feel safe. But what you're saying right now is interesting because I feel a lot of men in this realm don't feel safe. In the sexuality realm, a lot of guys might be feeling self-conscious about their bodies or about the idea of finishing too fast or not getting an erection. It's like almost a worry about something that might that hasn't happened yet and is not 100%. guaranteed to happen. 100%. You know, it's just uh, there's, there's a lot of safety concerns. How about a guy who is really into something kinky? And it's not something you hear about all the time or even see in porn or see or anyone talks about you're into it and you don't feel safe being able to talk about it or being able to pursue that. You know, so there's just a lot of that there. Yeah. I mean, I've like been with men who who've done the most work that I've ever seen anyone do and like self-development and spirituality and they I still see them feel shame when it comes to sexuality. Any any examples there of what um, you've seen? I mean like I think every man I've ever been with, it's not like I've been with like a crazy amount, but like every man I've ever been with has experienced some form of like their sexuality not matching what they were taught it should look like, whether it's losing an erection or taking quote unquote too long to ejaculate or not long enough and or what they desired in sexuality like and not matching what they think they should desire like every man's sexuality that I've ever been intimate with does not match this cookie cutter idea that they're told it should you know or their penises yeah. don't look the way they think they should look like oh every right that's man, an obvious one right like so many guys yeah it's really sad. Yeah. And porn doesn't help with that at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ah, it makes me so sad, you know? Like, I just want men to know how, like, how safe and okay it is to just be authentic and be in their bodies and express with their own sexual innocence, you know? And, like, to not try to perform or be a certain way. Because they're actually, like, denying themselves so themselves so much pleasure like they could be living such a more pleasurable experience in life in general if they really truly like radically accepted what their body did or desired in every moment plus you might as well because there's no changing it 
right? You're given the body you were given. Of course, you can always improve upon things. You don't have to accept anything that's necessarily, you know, you don't have to accept everything. I mean, you can accept that you have it, but you can also accept the fact that you can work on things, that you can change things. Well, the truth is the only way we can make change in our relationships, in our bodies, in our in our experiences is if we first radically accept what's in front of us, you know? And sometimes what's in front of us could lead, like when we accept it, it could lead to something really sad. Like if we look at our partner and we love this person, but we accept that they're never going to give us something that we need in a relationship, then we might have to break it off. Or that means we can work on it and move forward. But we need to accept what's in front of us in order to create any sort of change. Mm -hmm. Right. Sarah, it's been really amazing talking to you today and hearing about just your experience with helping, teaching, coaching people and just some of your thoughts on, on some of the issues that men and women have in this area. So I just want to thank you so much for, for doing this. And, and if there's any last notes that you want to share with the guys that are listening? Yeah, just remember to be present and be curious. And if you're on a date or with a partner that you've been with for a very long time, just hmm, allow them to feel interesting in your presence. Leave them with that feeling, that lasting feeling of just feeling interesting. And you do this by really igniting your own curiosity about this being in front of you, seeing them with new eyes, being totally present with them, asking them questions that you're genuinely fascinated with about them. Allow them to leave feeling interesting. Yeah, that's my biggest advice. (laughs) Cool. Awesome. Thank you so much. And if guys want to work with you, where can they find you? Yeah, you can DM me um, or follow me on Instagram at the sensual sorceress, or my website is thesensualsorceress.com, or you can email me at thewitchesyoga at gmail.com. Cool. Awesome. We'll put that information in the show notes. And Sarah, once again, thank you so much. <laughs>